be damned if the same politicians who refused to act then are going to try to come back today. The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. A system of justice will be the richer for diversity of background and experience. And correction. Hello, everybody. It's me, Miss Cracker. I'm here with my co-pilot, Caitlin. We are back in the studio once again, and it's time for She's a Woman! This is a podcast for every human being who looks into the mirror and says, she's a woman, and for the people who love them. Every week, we talk to incredible women of all kinds from all walks of life and invite them to share their stories with you, our incredible listeners. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Caitlin, oddly, we are about halfway through the first season of She's a Woman podcast. After every episode, I feel like so uplifted and inspired by the work that we're doing. And I wondered if there's any episodes that you can think of that really changed your perspective on things. First of all, I can't believe we're basically halfway through. I know, it's crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yeah. um, I mean, I feel like after all of them, I feel uplifted. I feel like if there's a common theme, it's that you you don't know what you're doing at age 18 or whatever, right, as you're like expected to. I feel like all of our guests have shared their story of like winding paths. You know what I mean? Which is kind of comforting because I sort of go through this feeling where I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost 30 do I even really know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? I don't think I do. And is it too late right. for me? And it, and so I think all of our guests have that in common. And then I just also feel like I've learned from, you know, like our NASCAR driver or the gender confirmation surgery doctor, just like there was like, you know, these pockets of the world that I didn't really – or careers that I didn't really know that much about. And then I walked away – feeling like, oh, I know something about that subject and that in that world that I didn't know before. And now I can like pass that information on and share it. And it like sits in my brain as like, I've learned about a new, new, you know, something that I didn't know. Yeah. It's like a whole area of the world is opened up to you now. Yeah. And if you read about it in the news, you're like, you know what? I have an opinion on that now yeah. because I know somebody who's in that field and yeah. that that lives that life that is part of that passion. And so it means something more to me now. Anyway, for our listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed this journey with us so far. And leave us a review and tell us what your favorite episode has been so far because we want to know which episodes have spoken to you. Yeah, absolutely. So enough about that, Caitlin. It's time for us to move on just a little bit. I want to dive into our serious groundbreaking interview, but first I have a little treat for you. Every week we do a little segment called Here's the Good News, where we share positive stories torn from the headlines. The idea is that they'll bring you, our listeners, a little hope during these difficult times. And this week, our news is all about us. Caitlin, you and I have gotten our vaccines. That's you right. You are all the way through, right? Yeah, all the way through two weeks post my second vax, which is what they say is the 
like it's fully in your system now. So right. yeah. I'm halfway through. By the time this airs, I will have taken my second dose and I'm really excited about that. And I just want to kind of talk about this moment because it's momentous, you know? Yeah. I read somewhere online that it was like it was like a, a tweet. And someone was like, wow, the that 15 minute waiting period that they make you wait after to see if you have a reaction. It was like, you can just feel the energy, even though no one's talking to each other. Yeah. And they're still having you sit apart. It's like, you can just feel the energy in that room. People just feel, you can just feel it. People, yeah. it just feels like you just entered, like everyone's out at a club or something. And you're really just in like a waiting room. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You can just feel the energy of like people being so excited. And relieved. Yeah. And yeah. just so glad to be done with this chapter of their lives. And there's like a little anticipation because the vaccines are all new and we're like, what's this going to be like? Am I going to have pain? Am I going to have fever? Am I going to have nausea? Is it going to be nothing? What's this going to be like? And um, it's a a real rite of passage that I feel like we'll be telling the next generation about in the future. Like, I remember when I got my vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Uh. enough about that, Caitlin. It's time to take a little break. Okay, we're back. Now, before we continue, crates, let me say this. <laughs> if you enjoy your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love them so much, we're going to read some of our favorite reviews at the end of the show. And I don't know about you, Caitlin, but I am always going into my little podcast app and looking at the reviews and refreshing and making sure before giving myself a five-star review again. Same. (laughs) It's like it doesn't remember that I've already rated it five stars. So I rate it again. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you guys to rate as much as it lets you. As it lets you. Yeah, absolutely. But now it's time for our groundbreaking interview. Caitlin, can you tell me a little bit about our guest today? We are talking with Woe, mm-hmm. a women-led, women-owned women's travel organization. Yeah. So I found out about this company because when I, a couple of years ago, I traveled to Iceland alone. And on my flight... These two girls came and they had like the giant like hiking backpack. You know what I mean? You see those backpacks and you're like, those people are going on hikes. They had like a bunch of gear and they were like two friends and they were super excited and they were sitting near me and they were like, seat me. It was like this um, older lady and she's like, oh, you two look so excited. Where are you going? And they started talking to her and this was like a couple seats over. So I heard them Yeah, and they were talking to her and they were like, telling this their seatmate about Woe and how they had signed up with this woman-only travel company, and they were telling her all about it, and they were talking about how excited they were and how much they loved their experiences, and they were on their way to go on a trip to Iceland with them. And they so they, like, meet up with the other girls in Iceland, and, yeah, and, I, and that was in 2018, and it just always kind of stuck with me. So I remember sitting there and I'm being like, oh, I didn't, I had no idea that like women only travel existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew that, you know, there were big excursion groups you could mm-hmm. join, you know, online all over the world. But I had no idea that there was a woman owned, woman only one who wants to be around men anyway, you know. <laughs> I don't know. 
And uh, yeah, so that was back in 2018, and I heard them talking about it on the flight, and it just always stuck with me that that existed. And then when it came time to do this podcast, I was like, wait, I remember on my flight to Iceland hearing those two girls on their way to an Iceland trip with this organization. So I thought it might be a good one. This is a really (laughs) perfect fit for us today. Yeah. I love the story that these girls have to tell, and I can't wait to dive in. Okay, everybody. According to InHerSight.com, entrepreneurs Danielle Thornton and Allison Fleece first met while climbing Africa's tallest mountain, Mount Kilimanjaro. One worked in advertising, the other in international education, and following their chance meeting, they quit their jobs, became business partners, and formed a women's boutique travel company called Woe travel women high on adventure so i am so excited to welcome you both danielle allison welcome to she's a woman where are you how are you and what are you doing today yeah thanks for having us Ms. Cracker. absolutely (laughs) Uh, i'm allison and i'm in jersey city new jersey and I'm doing really well in, in travels making a comeback. So delighted about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Danielle. I am in Munich, Germany. So oh my goodness. a little bit later in the day and doing great. Like Allison said, just a couple of days ago, we announced that we're going to be running trips again this year, starting in August. Um, so we're easing back into the life that we love and know. Um, it's a slow re-entry because we want to make sure we're doing it safely, but um, we are so excited, as I'm sure your listeners are. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we, my producer and I, are very excited because that means that we will also be going back out into the world, going on tour, seeing people in the UK and Europe and beyond. And so we know exactly what it feels like to be dependent on travel and have it suddenly taken away from you. <laughs> So I want to ask about about that a little bit. I know you're a travel-based company, and I'm going to blow your minds with my insight here, but we recently had a pandemic that choked travel. Can you talk about how the pandemic affected Woe and what you did after this kind of the rug got pulled out from under you? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were, you know, coming out of our best year yet in 2019, and 2020 was set to be Um, another um, mind-blowing year for us, and (laughs) then a global pandemic, and being the fighters that we are, um, with a lot of tenacity, you you know, we were like, well, we're not going to let a global pandemic shut our doors, so we pivoted, I guess that's the word of the pandemic, and and we um, came up with an idea to do these surprise adventures. They're called wild cards, and they're road trip style with your friends and family um, within three hours of your home city, so you don't know where you're going until the day you leave, and we had always had this idea for wild card, but of course, in our globally minded ways, we thought it would be, you know, show up at an airport and like fly to Vietnam or something. We didn't think it was going to take flight in the way that it did as a road trip style, but it totally worked and people totally loved it because there's so much to explore right in your own backyards. Yeah. <laughs> and, and outdoors, like outdoor adventure is our thing. And it's a perfect pandemic activity because you're naturally socially distanced. And that's one thing about the pandemic is where we are eternal optimists. 
and um, always looking, trying to find the bright side in everything. And hopefully this has kind of awoken people to finding adventure in their own backyard, but also the outdoors. If you weren't always an outdoorsy person, maybe you were always a city person. This year has been a chance to kind of hit the trails and explore new things. So I, I was just going to ask that, like, were there silver linings to this horrible time? And I guess you got to try something that you had been thinking about for a long time. Now, do you think that because you've experimented with this now that the wild card adventures are going to continue and that even after the pandemic is over, you're going to continue this program? Absolutely. And we see more of them um, booking up now than I think when they first launched. So people are getting really excited about them still. And I think that, yeah, Danielle and I have talked about doing it the way we envisioned it. So now people know what wildcard is, taking that on an international level when it's safe to, to do so. Okay. So I don't want to talk about the pandemic forever because honestly, it's going to drive me out of my mind. <laughs> and you're so right. Pivot is the word of the pandemic. And as much as I love the fact that we can all do it, I just don't want to think about pivoting anymore. So I want to rewind a little bit. As I always say on this podcast, my favorite part of the podcast is getting to know incredible women's story from the very beginning. And I kind of wanted to know, what were you two like growing up? Did you always have a passion for travel? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in Michigan in the great outdoors, um, had a beach house that we went to on Lake Huron and was catching frogs, but I wasn't really much of a you know, mountain lover. We don't have mountains in Michigan. Um, it really wasn't until living in New York and meeting Danielle that I discovered my personal passion for, for mountains. And I think Danielle probably would say the same. Yeah, it's, it's something that was brought out later in life for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's true with a lot of our woe women it's kind of addicting thing too. Once you've done it once, you want to come on another trip. And I think that's how it was for Allison and I. We did it once. And, you know, after our first Kilimanjaro summit on the way down, we were already like, okay, when are we doing this again? So there's something about it. It's once it gets inside of you, you, you just want more and you, know, you can't get enough. Um, yeah. I just like Allison, I grew up in the suburbs, like the most suburby suburbs. So the mountains were in Texas, so super flat. So <laughs> it wasn't really a part of my childhood and it was later in life, but I was always super curious. Um, I know that I always wanted to get to New York. I was always kind of looking outwards, like what's out there, what's next. So I think it's just kind of something that's always been in me to kind of discover what's new and see new places. Yeah. And I, I think what, what ended up happening when we had this idea to do Kilimanjaro is living in New York, you know, we live in this great city and we want the complete opposite of that when we're traveling, you know, you go off the beaten path, digital detox. And so one January, it was New Year's Day, January 1st, I think it was 2012. And I had sent out this email to a bunch of friends, my intrepid friends and, and acquaintances and said, hey, I'm climbing this mountain in a year from now, who's in? And one of the people on that list uh, was a was a, a acquaintance and, and she forwarded the email on to Danielle. A friend of a friend of a friend is how we got yeah. that. Just yes. Yes was my answer because I was looking for something and I was like, this random email, this mountain must be it. <laughs> but I don't think either of us knew what we were in for, but um, yeah, it changed our lives. Right. And so then when it came to be that all of us were were in for the trip, it 
it was only women. And we were like, whoa, this, and it wasn't intended that way. It just happened that way. So then we said, well, if we're all women, we have to do something for women. Like, like the way that people run marathons for charity, we thought, well, let, you know, let's see if there's a cool like organization we can connect with um, that's, that's pro women. And we were connected with an organization. It's a uh, women's vocational school at the base of Kilimanjaro. And we set out to raise money for them and, you know, as in support of our climb. And we ended up reaching our fundraising goal for the school the same day we reached the summit of Kilimanjaro. And I think that this idea of achieving two parallel peaks at the same time and stepping outside of our comfort zone and, you know, women coming together for a shared goal and building each other up and supporting each other. I mean, it was just so magical. And we never stopped really being in that moment. Cause when we got back to New York, our physical bodies were in New York, but our minds were still on the mountain and that's how Woe was born. So yeah. we weren't these crazy mountain climbers. We just did a kind of crazy trip and it led us to this crazy adventure we've been on since. <laughs> what was the moment that you realized that you wanted to turn it into a business and you realized that it wasn't just that that one time but you wanted to create a, a life out of this you know what was that that aha moment uh, I don't know if it was exactly a moment but it was the stars just kind of kept aligning so mm -hmm. Allison and I meeting just kind of hitting it off we got along really well um we both um got really sick on the mountain at the exact same time <laughs> You know, we're just connected. We just share a brain in that way. And then I remember on the way down, even looking at each other and just being like, we're doing this again. So I think it was just all these moments where we're like, this is just this. It meant so much to both of us. And we were both kind of at this point in our careers. We were working in New York City, you know, crazy hours. It was just rush, rush, rush. And this mountain stuck with us. And we were like, this is what is lighting us on fire. Why are we doing these jobs working for other people? Um, right. when, when this is what makes us happy. And then, and then Allison is like, a per we are such a match made in heaven. Um, <laughs> we have like very complimentary skill sets. So we both kind of have this like, go, go, go. We were so excited by the idea. And then, you know, she excels at one set of skills and I excel at another. And so it's like a perfect compliment um, for just getting this off the ground fast. Cause I think we summited for the first time in February and by August that year, we had quit our jobs and we're traveling around the world. <laughs> that is so incredible. <laughs> in between, we were like taking meetings in Lord and Taylor dressing rooms and like meeting at C rated <laughs> diners. So none of our coworkers would see us like setting up an LLC. Um, but yeah, it was like six months and we were fully in it. We just knew this is what we wanted to do. That's so amazing. Okay. So too often on this podcast, we hear that women's visions uh, are given a pat on the head by other people, as our last guest put it. And I was wondering, what did people think? How did they react when you started telling them, people in your support network, hey, we're launching a business and we're going to take women around the world? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I look back at that time, so it would have been 2013, and it just beams with support from other women. Cause this is something we knew that if we wanted this, and this, this instilled so much confidence in us, like reaching this mountain together to the point that we were like, yeah, we can start an LLC, even though we don't know anything about how to start a business, but that's what the mountain does. It instills that confidence. And I think knowing that 
other women wanted these experiences and, and we would share it with people. They, it was always met with such praise and support. Uh, that's what I look back on that time and, and feel. I and I think that's that's the true nature of women is to support. And I think unfortunately, so often in our culture, women kind of get this bad reputation of being catty and petty and stuff. And and, and I always say that is not the reality I live in. That is not my experience. It's actually quite the opposite. And so when I look back, it's very happy times of support and no one doubted us. I mean, Danielle, do you remember any... (laughs) <laughs> it was such a wonderful time. I think we were really naive and we were so passionate about it. I think that's what most people were saying. It's like, we can tell like this means so much to you. It's such, it was like so deep in our hearts and in our minds. And I think that's contagious. Because it, And it's, it's, it's the bringing together. It's like, if you would have asked me, could I climb Kilimanjaro alone? No. But because I was with nine of my friends, with nine of my female friends at that, um, yes, you can do anything when you bring women together you know our, our mission or our, our, our saying that we live by is women can do more than climb mountains we can move them <laughs> this is such an obvious question but i would love to hear the way you respond to it today's travel agencies already provide women with what they need to travel why is it important to have a an agency or an organization dedicated ex- exclusively to women I think it's what Allison was saying earlier. There's like a magic that happens. There's a magic that happens when women come together. And it's something that you can only experience when you're together. It's something that you only know when you're together. And um, it's like, why not? Why not? Why not have all women come together? Um, there's just such a great support system. And and we're stronger than we think we are. And um, it's, it's apparent on every single one of our trips. So, the travelers with woe could just breeze through and sightsee but i think inspired by your initial trip with kilimanjaro instead they engage with the places they visit can you talk about some of the projects and some of the experiences that you've had engaging with the places you visit yeah and i think that's um one of the reasons why people choose well, uh, like to go off of what Danielle was saying, is because of our um, community-driven initiatives and our our commitment to sustainable travel. And sustainable travel is a buzzword. Like, you know, what does it really mean? To us, it means really co- like connection with the local community. If you go somewhere and you're never actually interacting with the local community, you know, it's like, well, you could do that anywhere. So like, what we've done is we actually, in many of our locations, we we sponsor local women in the region to take on these adventures with us. So a local woman who's lived next to Kilimanjaro her whole life, and it's not something that women in the community do. It's actually a very male-dominated mountain. And so it's shifting perceptions on so many levels because it's showing, you know, the community and friends and family, like, oh my gosh, like women can do this too. But it's also showing the men that work on the mountain, like, like, hey, what are you doing here? Dada, Dada means sister in Swahili. Like, it's totally a, a shift that's happening. And then you see that more women come to us and say, I want to put my name in the hat for the next climb because I want to be the next woman that goes up Kilimanjaro. So I think the community-based um, initiatives that we are doing um, make people want to travel with us as opposed to just going through any other travel agency. Um, because it, at the end of the day, it's about that sense of community. It's that sense of camaraderie and community that you cannot get 
and cannot be replicated anywhere else. And um, so, yeah, the, the connection with the local community, I think, is the, the thing that sets us as our key differentiator. <laughs> and another thing that's really important to us is the environment. So we're going out there and we're taking in these beautiful landscapes, like mind blowing places um, that are so unspoiled. And we realize that by being there, we're actually adding to adding to you know what could be a problem so our goal is to always leave the places better than we found them and find ways to do that so we encourage all of our travelers you know to not bring single-use plastics and to really think about all the things that they're leaving behind on the mountain and try to leave no trace because um, we want these places to be around for generations and so our kids our, our kids can go and our kids kids can go to these places and it's something that we want to so we want all of our travels to leave a woe trip and even if their next trip isn't a woe trip which we'd love it if it was uh, we do have a lot of repeat customers but uh, we want them to leave with this with these ideas in their head so they'll never travel again without thinking wow what ways can I engage with the local community and 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 you know and and not just be taking but also like give something back and what ways can I make sure that I'm, you know, not hurting the environment when I'm traveling. Yeah. I feel like one of the uh, best compliments we got was from somebody who is not really a big hiker or really not a hiker at all. And she came on one of our trips to Germany to, to for Oktoberfest. We do do hiking and biking on that one. And we did a few day hikes and she loved it so much that she, she said since that trip, and that was five years ago, there was every single trip she's been on since then for personal business, whatever, she always gets a hike in, in when she's there because she's like, it's just such a cool way to see a place. And yeah. it's like that's one of the best compliments. And she's like, it's all because I was introduced to hiking on your trip. That makes me think uh, in your interviews, you talk about the challenges of getting big groups of human beings up and down mountains without a single incident. And I was wondering, did you have a big challenge trip that sticks out in your memory where you were like, oh, we lost this person's cell phone and we, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you have one that oh, sticks out in your memory like that? We lost this person. We lost like, oh yeah, 10% of our, <laughs> never come back, you know? <laughs> no, it's like, so I'm saying for someone lost their cell phone or. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel like the two, 2015 Kilimanjaro climb we did together was pretty challenging. It had its moments. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> we had a broken ankle. We might have had some <laughs> marijuana smoking <laughs> <laughs> on a mountain at high altitude. Yes, that happened. Very high <laughs> altitude. We actually yeah. had her as an intern. She's a wonderful woman. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we've had our share of, of wild antics. We've actually been really lucky. The trips that we've led together, Allison, I think they've all been really pretty, pretty, you know, solid. Um, yeah. Know, except for that. But then we've had some more. We have our gals or our group adventure leaders. So um, we have a group of about 20 women who lead the trips because Allison and I can't do it all anymore. We've right. grown so amazing but I feel like sometimes they get the the harder cases than we've ever gotten <laughs> I really believe that part of this is because like we're putting putting a certain energy out there and a certain expectation of the type of woman that you know we love on our adventures <laughs> really it's more like the type of way it's the way that we travel and people are picking up what we're putting down you know so you're you, you it kind of like 
if you go to our site and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is my vibe, you, it kind of is self select. It selects itself, you know, like it, it right. works itself out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such a mindset, like taking on these challenges. It's so mental. We always say that like, yes, physically train, you should be in good shape. You should have your hiking boots broken in. But if you're in the right mindset, like that's so much of it. It's right. that's what gets you to the top is just staying positive and like committing to it. And I think you get that like-mindedness on a lot of our adventures. Of course, there's always a one-off, but <laughs> right. for the vast majority, it's so positive. Family afterwards, people become a family and then they travel together. Again. Our guides in um, all over the world, they always say to our groups, oh, so how long have you guys been friends? Have you got, are you lifelong friends? And they're like, we met each other five hours ago because that's how close our groups get so quickly. You know, it's like a family yeah. so quickly. <laughs> and there has to be a lot of trust too. Yes. So on the other side of things, I'm wondering for each of you, is there a trip that stands out besides Kilimanjaro um, that let you know you were like, doing the right thing. That was a trip that really defined woe for you because I think I think we all have that moment where we feel like we're getting off the ground and like this is the path. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say, I don't know about you, Danielle, but I would say, because we started with Kilimanjaro, Peru and Oktoberfest. And what was the first trip we did outside of those? Because once, I think that was the moment, whatever trip it was, I, it might have been Elbrus, Mount Elbrus, which is another one of, which is crazy that that was our fourth trip. It's the second of the seven summits that we've done. Yeah, it's a really big, it's the largest one in Europe. And I think when we pulled off another you know, huge summit with 14 people in Russia, we, you know, that, that was 2017. I think that made us realize like, okay, we can, we can expand. We don't have to just stick to these three locations. And now we're in like 11 locations. So yeah, definitely when we kind of, uh, shifted outside of just our, our comfort, uh, path. <laughs> yeah, I would say Elbrus too. And then we also did Everest base camp, which was really cool. And the reason I love both of those trips is because we had a lot of our, our gals. So our, the, the women who are on our team, who help, help the guides out on all of our trips, we had a lot of the gals on the trip. So they're like, this is like their job, something that they do. And then in their free time, they still want to come on these trips and travel and just being with them and seeing that they love it and, and are choosing to do this. Um, just getting to spend more time with them and see how they act on the mountain was really exciting. I'm like, wow, our team of women is so badass. Like, we are so lucky. It is so cool to see them in action. They're like born to do this. And seeing that, and I got a taste of what the trips that we aren't on are like, uh, was right. really exciting for me. I'm like, wow, this is getting bigger than just Allison and I, these two girls with the dream. Um, it's really caught on and it's better because of it. Like every woman who joins our team brings something different and new and makes us better and stronger. And it's so exciting. So you have this business that is basically your passion and your dream brought together. And I was wondering for young people who want to follow their passion and create their own business, what advice would you give? Because I mean, you've been through <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations, you know? Danielle actually shared an old advertising adage way back when. And I think it's kind of been 
my mantra and our mantra, but I use it for everything in life now. And it's when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. So I think that is so important to have a point of view and a stance and don't be afraid of that, you know, have, take a stance, have a point of view, you know, um, stick up for something that you believe in, you know, and I, I just think that's so important and, and for business and just life in general. <laughs> Um, oh gosh, my advice. My advice is to not take advice. <laughs> uh, if you're trying to go somewhere that um, or do something that's never been done before, you're gonna have to take a path that no one's ever taken before. So, so you know, listen, be humble. Um, definitely take in everything that comes your way because people will want to offer help and take that and listen to it. But at the end of the day, you're you're creating something you know your vision and yourself better than anybody does and, and, you know, follow your heart and break the rules and make your own rules. Um, and that's the way you'll get to a place that's really unique and um, a way that you can design the life that you want for yourself, to, for you specifically, that's never existed before. <laughs> I love these, I love these uh, pieces of advice because I think um, we hear them echoed from other entrepreneurs too. It's just like, yes, be open but don't ever let anyone shut you down, you know, right. and, and uh, that if you have a, a dream and a vision, you don't have to worry about it applying to, to everybody. Um, and it can be for the people who share that with you. I, I mean, I think that I take that first piece of advice for this podcast, because I know that there are a lot more popular podcast formats that I can do than a podcast that talks about uh, women's travel, women entrepreneurs, period health, and, you know, in invites death doulas to talk. You know, I know that I could do something slapstick and I know that I could, you know, like review dresses on red carpets and that kind of thing. And that I would, you know, sort of speak to, try to speak to everyone through that. But this is like what I love. This is um, my passion project and it feels uh, so great to be able to, to do that, to do exactly what I want. And I think it makes me connect with my audience in such a deeper way than I would if I were trying to be something else. You know what I mean? It's so true. No, it 100% shows. Like we can feel it and hear it in the way that you speak to all your guests and the way you're speaking to us. And it's, it's wonderful. That's great. I love it. <laughs> so, you know what I'm going to ask next? I have to ask you, what is next for Woe? Uh, what is your big dream? Because things are opening up and the world is your oyster. Oh, okay. So I think we have a lot. We have a lot. So I don't know if you saw Miss Cracker, but we have a plus size division. Oh and yeah, so we have adventures um, for the curvy and courageous. And it is amazing. One of our alumni came to us and said, you know, Allison and Danielle, I've done two trips with you and, and I've loved them, but I have this recurring dream that I want to go back to Kilimanjaro and climb with um, women living in larger bodies with other plus size women. And she thought it would be, you know, six or seven people. And so she asked us if we would, you know, make the, the climb happen. And we're like, yes, hundred percent. That's amazing. And sure 
sure enough, 20 women signed up and there was like a 20 person wait list. And it was something that women wanted that plus size women wanted community to feel you know comfortable traveling with like-bodied women and and it and then we thought well this can't just be a one-time thing and you know you can't be what you can't see and then uh, all of a sudden the world is going to be open to to um, all these amazing women that are really crushing stereotypes and shifting perceptions of of what the outdoors and trekking and mountains you know what people in those spaces look like and um so we ended up um, starting Woe Plus, and we have really just started to get you know our feet wet with Woe Plus, and um, now those are like our only trips that are sold out for 2022. So it's oh a gosh. really blooming division of our company that we're so excited about. Yeah, and just to build on what Allison's saying is you know, the way that Will Plus came to be, we also have a Wise Wondrous Women Hike, which is um, women that are 55 plus. Is, is we have all these new ideas that we're pursuing that are so exciting that are helping, you know, up the representation in the hiking space, which is so important to us. And there are things that weren't on our radar. This Neither of these things were a part, we never had a business plan, but we're a part of our business plan. But they were things that we were open to. Like we've, we're, we're small and we're nimble and we're, our hands are in every part of the business. And what excites me is just staying that way. And so when when these ideas come our way that we can, that we can take them on and, and blow them out and become a platform for people to try these new things. So what's exciting to me is that the next thing is something that we is not even on our radar yet. That's like out of our minds. And then um, it's just gonna, it, it'll come to us and it's going to be so exciting. So for me, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the future that we don't even know exists. That's better than we can even dream. This has made me so happy. Thank you both for joining us today on She's a Woman podcast. Uh, for our listeners, this is such a wonderful thing to hear as the world opens up. I hope you will engage with Woe and all its uh, categories. And I, I, I want to ask, the last thing I want to ask is, what's the best place for people to support you? Yeah. So Woe Travel, uh, we are women high on adventure. You can type that right into Google. You can go to woetravel.com. You can go to Woe Travel on Instagram and Facebook. And we also do dance parties everywhere. <laughs> so can't believe that hasn't been brought up yet. So if you go to our gallery on our site, then you can see our dance parties. And you can really get a good picture of what we're all about and how we do what we do. <laughs> That's so perfect. Well, we'll be keeping our eyes on you uh, as we have ever since we heard about you on an airplane on the way to Iceland. <laughs> and uh, we can't wait to see what you do next. Uh, okay, Caitlin, that was our interview for today. What did you think? It was great. I feel like after all these interviews, everyone's so like optimistic and go-gettery and I'm like, can't get up before 10 a.m. sometimes, you know? know? I'm like, geez, I need to like reshape my brain or something. I know, especially <laughs> when I was like, uh, there's no possible way they can have pivoted during this crisis. Yeah, and they pivoted in a way that still was like making their company work, you know, they weren't like, well, we'll pivot, throw the whole company away and yeah. start a jewelry making business. You know what I mean? They right. like found a way to pivot and stay still, true like, to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really <laughs> beautiful. And I love the idea that they have different segments of their business for different kinds of women. 
Yeah, that's so important because I have uh, plus-sized family members, and I know some of them just – like the worst thing possible to them is having to deal with an airplane. Right. Because – like the way travel is, they make it so inaccessible for people with bigger bodies. Right. And um, I think it's so it's so cool that there's a whole chapter of Whoa that focuses on that and addresses that. Yeah. And makes people feel like they are part of a community and yeah. not like they're that one person alone in a group of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I love this interview. I love these ladies. Thank you for introducing me to them. You're welcome. But now it's time for a little break. Okay, we're back. Now, first of all, I want to say this again. If you like your time with us today, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love reviews. In fact, we love reviews so much, we're going to read our favorite reviews right here at the end of the show. Caitlin, do you have a favorite review this week? I have an email And it's quite long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it is from Dr. Jennifer Kreese, and she says, Dear Ms. Cracker, I've just been listening to your wonderful She's a Woman podcast episode with the lovely Dr. Sive Gallagher. I wanted to thank you and her for the space you gave to discussing not only her fantastic work and allyship with the trans community, but also to talk about the stress and burnout of medical training, what life is really like for medical trainees and the mental and social experiences of immigration for doctors. Then she goes on to say that she's a researcher over in Dublin and how she's a doctor over there. And then she says, thank you so much again for giving these issues an international platform. I realize that wasn't probably the major point of your interview with Dr. Gallagher at all, but hearing a doctor talk about how stressful and burnout prone their work and training is and having someone as prominent as yourself validate that and the need for support and self-care for doctors had so much meaning for me. You are amazing. That's so great because it's not an unimportant part of that podcast episode. I think that, you know, surgeons, doctors, nurses, they are our frontline essential workers. They are people that are working to save and change people's lives. So acknowledging how difficult the work they do is, is so important. And I I want to tell everyone who works as an essential or frontline worker in the medical field, thank you so much for everything you do. We really do appreciate it on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Caitlin, it's time for the credits. This podcast was produced by Caitlin Gretham, and then I did it. The cast includes me and also Caitlin, and it is distributed by the amazing Studio 71. So thank you for joining us today. Make sure to tune in next Monday for another exciting episode. And remember, if you ever feel down, all you have to do is look in the mirror and say, She's She's a woman! woman! And I'll be with you. Caitlin, my brain is fried from doing three episodes (laughs) this week. (laughs) I know. And we have uh, more more coming. More coming. Yep. Including very, very special guests. That's right. We're so excited (laughs) that we bagged those guests. Look out. (laughs)